Hi, all of my lovely, lovely spiritual beings having a human experience. I created this podcast in hopes to ease our minds, bodies, and spirits while enduring all that life has to throw at us. So since our last daily talk, guys, I just want to know how you're doing, what's going on. Also, I do know that we had a new moon in Leo that just passed, and because Leo is governed by the sun, it definitely strengthened personality, it strengthened the power to manifest. Also, with the Lionsgate portal just passing as well on August 8th, that was also another big boost that we had. So, if energy is feeling different, I know especially for my Leo suns and Leo risings. So, if energy has been feeling different, you've been feeling a different type of vibration or a shift, just know it's because, you know, the divine is working in your favor. Things are happening behind the scenes. So just trust it as it goes. Work with it, not against it. Okay, so today's topic is one that who doesn't love talking about pet peeves and triggers, guys? We're going to be talking about pet peeves and how to deal with being triggered. Because in the world that we live in, there's no way you can avoid being triggered. Everything is so triggering now. So let's hop into it so i wanted to tell you guys a little bit about some of my personal pet peeves or my triggers that i have i would say like personal pet peeves in my opinion this is just my opinion don't quote me on this i would say personal pet peeves are more so like small things that happen that kind of like you know just add a little irritation gets a little under your skin but then i would say a trigger is more so like something that brings up a lot of like heavy emotions most likely negative emotions it feels like a lot of weight anxiety sadness like frustration fear anger stuff like that okay so some of my personal pet peeves and triggers are loud chewing i really really don't like that i feel like close your mouth if we're sitting out to like dinner together or something chew with your mouth closed because yeah that smacking is annoying another thing i just thought about i hate when people like drag silverware like a fork or something across their teeth what are you doing that for like that's why you have lips use your lip to yeah why are you using your teeth it's just that's a very excruciating sound to hear at the dinner table or just anywhere in general Another thing that is a pet peeve of mine is when people leave money on the counter rather than hand to hand. Why are you being so, where is the human decency? Where is the kindness? Why are you putting the change on the counter? Usually the person that's behind the cash register is nine times out of 10 ready to take the money from you because they're literally telling you how much it is. They don't really have much else to do but put in your order on the screen and put their hand out to get the money from you. So it really, and I've worked in retail, worked in customer service for, you know, long time when you're younger. That's usually what you do. And I have had so many people do this to me. And I live by not doing this because I really, really hate when people do that. It's just, I think it's so mean. So please don't be that person. If you are that person, stop being that person because people hate that person. Another one of mine is people who feel entitled. I feel like that goes without saying. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. I just don't like when people walk around thinking that you, anybody else, or the world, I guess you could say, owes them. I feel like I'm struggling to explain it, but yeah, just I don't feel like trying to go into depth with that one, but people who act entitled, I don't like that. Arrogance, people who act arrogant like that. A trigger for me is people yelling and cussing at me. I really don't like to be yelled at. Um, goes back to my childhood and, you know, like growing up and stuff. I don't like to be yelled at. I really don't like confrontation, so that also like comes from that. 
I don't like being cussed at either. That kind of like comes with the yelling. Usually if people get upset, they get angry and they start yelling. They usually cuss. It, like they're kind of hand in hand. In most of my situations, they've been hand in hand. So that's why it's triggering to me. I don't like a pet peeve of mine is loud and obnoxious people. Like you remember being in high school or like even middle school and like it's seven o'clock in the morning, you're just fresh or eight o'clock whenever you started school. You're fresh walking in the building, kind of tired, maybe feeling a little groggy, not even tired or groggy, just feeling like I don't want to be here. Like this is not where I would rather be spending my day. I'd rather be doing something else. You walk in and there's always that one girl, that one group of girls, that one group of boys that just like they just got to be so loud in the morning. Like why is it 7 30 8 o'clock we didn't even have first period yet you didn't even step into homeroom and you're yelling about nothing i used to be so confused and so irritated like rolling my eyes i always had a stink face in the morning because when i was one of those people that's like why am i here i'd rather be doing anything else in the world than be here in school with all these people and like yeah i just don't want to be here um another pet peeve of mine is inconsistency i feel like that definitely also goes without saying nobody likes an inconsistent pattern, an inconsistent person, even inconsistency in yourself. Nobody really likes that. Nobody likes anything that, you know, isn't certain. That's, you know, that just kind of goes without saying. One, a pet peeve, this is a trigger for me, stress. I feel like mostly any type of stress, deal with anxiety, mental health issues and stuff. So when stress comes, it's not always as easy for me as it may be for the next person to process what I'm going through and handle it in the best way. Sometimes stress can be very debilitating for me and it makes me shut down. It's overwhelming. And I always have had a problem with like reaching out for help and going to people because I don't want to feel like a burden and you know my emotions my problems are nobody else's cross to bear burden to bear so I always felt like I had to fix everything on my own or you know figure it out on my own but as you get older you learn to kind of step out of that so yes stress is definitely a trigger for me another trigger is change even though it's in my signs nature Scorpio sun to be very adaptive I'm constantly transforming very good at adapting but change also just throws me off track and off course sometimes how big or small the change is or in what aspect of life or what situation there is a change coming or being applied i have a whole day planned out something i'm gonna do with my friends and like because they can't come or whatever okay like that's cool kind of upset disappointed you can't come but that's fine like you know we're just gonna we're gonna go on like me and the rest of my friends are just gonna go out about our day um so that's like something, a small change I could adapt to. That's not really, I'd be bummed, but it's like, okay, changes. I guess you could just think about big changes, like changes in friendships. Like if me and a friend fall out, that type of stress, that type of change feels almost debilitating. A lot of people, well, I'm not going to say a lot of people. Some people aren't like that. Like, you know, you could cut them off. You could stop talking to them and they'll just go on about their life like it is what it is. But because of how I've always grown up and how I am emotionally, I'm very, I'm a highly sensitive person because I feel things so deeply. I feel both things like on both sides of the spectrum, like there's pain at one end, hurt at one end and love at the other. So when I love someone so deeply, I also can feel hurt and pain from them so deeply. That's why in friendships and relationships, disappointment, bickering, confrontation, distance, like that always feels so hurt to me, especially because I haven't had friendships in the past that taught me how to manage that. Like it was always is the best way I can put it. Bullshit. So the next one I have on here is pen tapping. That's just a pet peeve. It's not a trick. I mean, I can kind of say it's a trigger because consistent pen tapping 
Like, I just can't hear that repetitive noise. It, it'll, like, it, like, angry. I don't like that. I don't know what it is about it. I just really don't like the consistent pen tapping. It's really annoying. Or pen clicking. Oh, my gosh. It definitely does help some people focus or concentrate. But for me, it makes me not focus and not concentrate. So, with the pen tapping, guys, to a minimum. Next one. This is a pet peeve, not really a trigger. Close-minded people. I mean, it could be a trigger or a pet peeve because they, they make me feel both sides of the spectrum, depending on what we're talking about. But I don't really like close-minded people. I feel like I'm a fairly open-minded person. Even if I already know you're not going to change my mind, I will still hear you out because, like, why not? There might be something that you're going to say that I might somewhat believe in, and now I'm adding that piece of information or your opinion to now my list of information or whatever. Like, yeah. I'm always open-minded. I always want to learn something. I have a thirst for knowledge. Um, knowledge of the universe, knowledge of the world around us, people around us, ourselves, just stuff in general, just life. I just want to know about life. So I just love people who come into my life and can teach me things. The last one I put on here was people misunderstanding me. This is like, it's a pet peeve and a trigger. It depends on the situation. If to express how I feel someone is completely misunderstanding me i will shut down like my feelings are involved i'm trying to express to you and explain to you how i'm feeling what i'm thinking whatever the case may be and you're it's almost like you're not listening to me and coming from a childhood where i felt very misunderstood by like everyone in my life for the most part it was difficult and it still is difficult to manage not being understood but the thing is 11 11 on the timestamp. but the thing is we're not here to be understood by others. We're here to understand ourselves. So I have to try to remind myself that when I'm doing things or like just moving through daily life because I'm really not here to be understood by others. They're going to perceive me. They're going to think what they want to think about me. And who really cares? I'm not in their mind. I can't read their mind. So why should I spend my time stressing about what they're thinking about me when I'm living for me? This is my life. I have to make me happy. Understood really does drive me up a wall guys so let's move on a little bit there are some people in the world who really may believe it's much easier to be by themselves or alone in order to be avoid to avoid being triggered but in all actuality i've grown to learn that by doing that you're not really dealing with the root of the issue you're more so just avoiding it and yes although solitude is very fundamental for growth <clears throat> That is separate from isolation. Like solitude and isolation, I, in my opinion, would look at them as like two different types of aloneness, if that's how you want to say it. You can't shut out the world and pain without closing yourself off to love as well. And we all need our people. We all need our soul tribe. I feel like we've all grown to learn at one point or another. It's healthy to be alone sometimes but you also do still need your backup village life isn't something any of us should be enduring alone i strongly do not believe that anybody is meant to go through this life alone so with triggers and pet peeves and learning how to manage them i would say like the number one thing is getting to know your triggers it is so 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 important to understand what triggers you 
if you don't know what triggers you, how are you going to be able to manage any of the emotions that come up when you're triggered? How are you going to be able to grow, heal any of your past trauma that makes these triggers be an issue for you in daily life without knowing? You have to be aware. You have to know. You have to understand. After all, we cannot evolve if we don't know ourselves. Getting to know your triggers helps you better manage the emotions that may come with them. You may not always be able to avoid being triggered because this world is so huge, we're always going to run into triggers. But at least we will have the tools and understanding of ourselves to calm down, assess the situation in a clear mind, and either remove ourselves and come back later, or just respond from a calmer and more rational place of mind. Because sometimes when we are triggered, we're very impulsive at times, especially if you're not managing your triggers or you're not aware of what your triggers are. You're not able to really like take that step back and say, whoa, the moment to breathe and to just have some silence and not hear like, you know, stimulation from the world around me, from whatever the situation might be. Like, I just need to remove myself or just go back inside myself and see how I'm feeling. You know, just check in with myself. Be mindful. With that being said, I'm going to take it to my point of reacting versus responding. I would say think about it like thinking from your higher self rather than reacting through your ego. A lot of the times when we're impulsive, that is coming through our ego. Our ego know about our ego. Our ego is very like kind of self-centered. It's more about me, 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 me instead of like us or like we, what's going on everywhere, you know, different aspects, different perspectives. It's just about me, me, me with the ego and what I want. The reacting is usually from a place of great emotion and impulse, like I said, while responding is more so a clearer place um, coming from like reason and calmness you also take that moment to process and think to better understand yourself the emotions you might be feeling and possibly if someone else is involved also how they might be feeling because when you're in a situation where someone might be triggering you depending on what's going on you could also be triggering them and triggering someone else is not always intentional i mean some people can be very manipulative and will trigger you on purpose if they know what your triggers are they'll pull you that's like a terrible way to be nobody should do that nobody should be like that and if anybody in your life is doing that point them to my direction and tell them i said f you okay okay thank you very much and kick them to the curb after they hear the f you from my podcast thanks i just feel like i have to remember that sometimes we also can trigger other people just as they can trigger us we can trigger other people too so we also have to be mindful of others if they're involved in a situation where we are being triggered. Even though that is very hard, that's also why we're having this daily talk today to talk about how to better manage this when it happens and how to help ourselves help everyone in the situation overall. Reacting and responding. It's really about taking that moment and that step back, assess the situation. Is this a good time for me to continue down this path and maybe have this conversation or, you know, approach this issue right now or am I too worked up and upset that I need to take a step back of course address it let the person know like listen I'm feeling a little triggered right now I just need a little bit of space a little bit of time and we can come back and revisit this conversation or this topic later but with that being said the most important key is communication you have to have to have to have to communicate your needs and establish your boundaries
walls but boundaries a boundary is just a safe way to protect yourself and also allow others to see where you stand and what you need so that way they don't violate you and they don't trigger you and you don't feel any type of way to have to react rather than respond so like i said communication is a very very important thing that we must do when we are triggered in situations like this So the next thing I want to talk about is trauma-based triggers versus biological-based triggers. So trauma-based triggers are what it sounds like, something that stems from a traumatic experience. This type of trigger will usually invoke strong emotions of anxiety, sadness, anger, and many others. When you're speaking about biological-based triggers, there are more so things that a particular individual has where it causes them to respond to certain stimuli with an innate behavior, in some cases because of mental development issues. So let's talk a little bit about that. So trauma-based triggers, um, pretty much, you know, like I said, there's something, you know, you go through something like maybe um, someone who could have been, you know, physically abused at a younger age or just in their life period, um, they usually tend to not want to be touched. There's only a select few people, maybe nobody is allowed to touch them. Um, You may, like even domestic violence, sexual abuse, like you might see someone jerk away from being touched. Like even the slightest touch, like maybe on a shoulder, on a back, like they might jump, they might get a little startled unsettled they might get bad anxiety it just kind of depends on the person and like how much of their trauma that they've been able to work through um because everybody isn't able to work through their trauma everybody doesn't have the resources everybody doesn't understand that they need help everybody doesn't believe in going to get help for stuff like that so um and then with biological based triggers i'm more so talking about like autism spectrum disorder um other like mental health issues or just you know developmental issues you know at a birth if a child had brain a brain injury um coming out of the canal or anything like that um that can definitely play a part in any triggers that someone might have it could be like any sensory sensitivity you know certain touch to certain things feels very off it makes people freak out or get bad anxiety um certain sounds like loud sounds that also could go under either category for a traumatic if someone was in a car crash or maybe um experienced gun violence you know a gun can be loud that bang that boom any type even if it isn't necessarily the same sound as what originally traumatized them anything similar can still evoke you know that response so then moving on to our next topic we're going to talk about being triggered in relationships who boy oh boy when i say relationships i mean friendships and relationships talking about both here platonic and romantic so when we're talking about friendships who guys this is the boundaries part this is why we say it's very important to assert your boundaries because if you don't tell somebody what you need from them in your friendship and your connection in your relationship and they cross that line how you have every right to be upset your feelings are always valid no matter what but put it into a perspective of how they might be thinking or feeling if you didn't allow them to know what bothers you what triggers you what makes you feel a certain way and they do it unknowingly 
most likely it wasn't intentional. They didn't do it to make you feel those negative feelings or to make you feel any type of way. They just didn't understand. They didn't have that understanding because the boundary was not communicated. Do you see how that works? If you tell someone, I don't really like being touched, you do not have to give anybody an explanation for why you do not like something or why something triggers you until you're ready. If you never want to tell them, you have every God-given right to not tell them. And if they can't respect that, they have to go. Like, automatically, they have to go. That's your sign. Clearly, they aren't even meant to be in your life if they can't accept the fact that you're asking them to not say or do certain things because it triggers you. It makes you feel negative emotions that you don't want to feel. Anybody who truly cares about you wouldn't want you to be triggered by them, obviously. So why would they continue to do something if you're asking them not to and you're asserting that boundary? Now, when we're talking about relationships, well, actually, let's circle back to friendships. Let's circle back real quick. So with the communication key, that goes for both relationships um, and friendships. Communication is always top priority. Always communicate what your needs are with whoever so that way they don't cross that line and you don't have to come into problems. Now, say you have come to that bridge and now you have to cross it. Let's cross it together. So your friend does something, says something, crosses that line. You've already asserted this boundary. You already told them about it. So maybe this is like, you know, a first offense. Maybe you just told them about it and somehow it happened, whatever the case may be. Pay attention to how they react when you bring it to their attention. Are they defensive automatically? Are they receptive to what you're saying? Are they listening to how you feel, attentively listening to what you're saying and expressing? Or are they automatically saying, no, it wasn't like that. Um, you're taking it the wrong way. Like, you're da 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 Mm-mm. That's automatically a no. If somebody is making you feel like you're tripping by just communicating your feelings, it's automatically a red flag and it's just a no. They have to leave. They have to hit the door. Because there's no way that you should be bringing your feelings of pain, hurt, or anything to someone and they're not allowing you to freely talk about how you they're making you feel. They're not allowing you to express yourself. They're not taking accountability for how they've hurt you or how they've triggered you. That's not okay. That's when the person has to go. Now, on the flip side, if you're coming to them and they cross that line and they apologize, they're very sincere, it's genuine, their behavior is changing, their actions are different, they're showing up, like actions really are speaking louder than their words, even though their words were loud enough, that's somebody that I feel like you could keep around because they're changing, they're listening to you, they're listening to the boundary that you've set and they're respecting it, they're not overriding it, they're not overstepping, they're not disrespecting, they're listening paying attention, and giving you exactly what you asked for. And that's what a healthy connection is not all about, but pretty much about, you know? It's just about a mutual understanding between two individuals who respect one another, respect one another's boundaries, and also learn about one another so that way they don't end up in situations where they have to be triggered. It's all about communicating how others communicate. Everyone does not communicate the same. Some people are not good at it. Some people find it very hard because of triggers that they've had or traumatic experiences in the past. So that's why I say communication is key. You have to also allow people that need their space to take that space, even if you don't necessarily need space. And that's definitely something I've struggled with in the past. So now talking about 
relationships specifically romantic relationships and being triggered of course in a dating world guys it's important to get to know your partner obviously you know the basics the little surface details and family things but there also is a whole different side to that just as there are two sides to every coin you also need to understand how they get triggered what makes them super uncomfy emotionally and physically if you don't know these things about your partner obviously because romantic relationships can be a little bit more intimate at times than platonic ones if you don't know things about your partner's past and how they can be triggered you're probably nine times out of ten going to run into a lot more road bumps down the line rather than just sitting down and having a talk about it it's not easy it's not an easy conversation by no means am i trying to convince you that it's an easy conversation it's difficult it's hard to hash up your trauma it's hard to look at old wounds it's hard to express or tell the story behind each wound it's hard it's not easy but that's also why you have somebody who's with you holding your hand and saying, I want to understand, I want to know. Even if we're not ready to go into full detail right now, I at least want to know so that way I don't put you in that type of situation to feel those strong emotions again, to make you want to shut down because that's not what I want. So that's why I keep saying throughout this whole episode, communication is so important. Communication is important in every aspect of the world, I feel like, but exactly right in this moment right now with what we're talking about so to kind of you know close off our topic a little bit we're going to talk about different exercises or methods that i found to be helpful or i've at least learned about or come across to help you when you are in a triggered state or to at least just manage your triggers so some things to help reduce your high emotional state or recover from dissociation when triggered because some people will dissociate if they are triggered it's a coping mechanism that they've i guess you could say i don't know if you would say come up because i'm not sure if everyone dissociates knowingly i don't believe they do coping mechanism that finds its way into some people's lives in order to protect them from specific traumatic events or emotions that might make them feel like they're right back in that exact moment all over again so One that I definitely did find and I started off using way back when was mindfulness practice. So with the mindfulness practice, it's usually you get in a nice comfortable position, whether you need to lay down, you need to sit up and, you know, sit um, down on your bottom, put your feet, both feet placed on the floor. Your hands can be in your lap. They could be folded. They could be draped by your side. It's whatever feels comfortable for you. Most people would say, like, take three deep breaths. Um, You can count when you're doing your inhale and then, you know, blow out, do your exhale count and stuff like that. I personally found that this one worked for me and it helped because a lot of the times when I do become triggered, I start to spiral. Anytime I'm triggered or I feel very much um, heavy negative emotions, I spiral. It's just how my emotions and my anxiety, I guess, works for me. I feel like it's probably like that for a lot more people. But I know that's how it is for me. I just start to spiral. Everything that I've been stressing out about just starts to hit me. You know, things from my past might start coming into my brain. Like, it's just the the whole nine. Like, everything just starts coming up. And my brain just kind of goes in a whirlwind. 
So with this particular one, it helps because you become so focused on your breathing, on the inhale and then the exhale and then the inhale again and then the exhale. You're so focused on doing that. Your brain is distracted from the fact that you've been triggered or maybe the environment that is triggering you. So now those emotions are starting to kind of settle because you're working on your breathing, which overall regulates your central nervous system. You see how that all plays into each other? Isn't that just dandy? So that's why personally I do like that one because I do spiral. And for people who do spiral or have intrusive thoughts or really, really bad uh, nerve wracking anxiety, I think that this would be a good go for you. I would say give it a try and let me know what you think about it if you do give it a try. The next one um, I wanted to say for that point is, remember, emotions are like waves. They come and they can go just as quick. It's all about regulation. And that's why I said the breathing technique, it really helps because it brings you to the present moment. It brings you to where you are right now. Feelings last for pretty much seconds it just depends on how you regulate them. If you're holding and clinging on to that trigger, holding on and clinging to that feeling of sadness, that anxiety, if you're not reminding yourself in that moment, I'm okay, it's okay, just breathe through it. This feeling will pass and I'll be able to come to a clearer mind and then handle it then. If you remind yourself that, it really, really does help you. It's very beneficial. So the next one, that I wanted to mention is a tool. It's a sensory grounding tool. So you basically pick out five things that you see, four things that you can feel, three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. This tool is not a cure-all per se, but because you will still have to process these feelings and respond to whatever might be going on at an appropriate time and even try to better understand yourself in that situation. But it really can help, again, if the breathing thing... Um, oh, a point I forgot to make about that. The breathing thing. So going back to that, some people... It might not work for everyone because I do know that some people actually get more triggered by trying to control their breathing. It gives them more anxiety. So if you feel like you might be that way... Or it might, you know, cause you to have that worked up nerve of like trying to control your breath and it's very difficult or it's hard. Then this one is definitely a good substitute because you're not focusing on breathing. You're more so just focusing on your present environment. So forget, you know, whatever has triggered you. Forget whoever might be have, have said something. Forget any of that. You're focusing on things that you can see. You're focusing on things that you can smell, things you taste, something you can touch, things you feel, something you hear, like all of that type of things. Um, and being in an environment, I think a guidance counselor of mine might have told me about this back in the day. I think they told me about it because, like I said, I pretty much always had very um, bad anxiety. So they introduced me to this tool. And I do feel like it is beneficial I don't necessarily know if it's exactly worked for me because I think it's much easier for me personally to just do the mindfulness practice and do the breathing. The sensory grounding, I feel like I always forget. And then it also gives me more anxiety trying to remember because I do get upset when I can't remember something. It gives me more anxiety trying to remember like what order the five, four, three, two, and one is in with what senses. So 
sometimes I really just made it whatever I wanted. Like instead of five things you can see, it would be like five things I can touch. If I could, like if I couldn't remember what it was, I would just be like, depending on the environment I'm in, I'll just make it fit to what I need at that moment. The next one I wanted to talk about is journaling or even video journal entries. I am big on writing. It is definitely something I try to incorporate in my routine almost every day. Now, sometimes it is hard for me to get up and do stuff and I lack the motivation to even write. Like something as simple to me as writing something I love doing will be hard for me because I just don't have the motivation. I just lost my spark or I just don't have any energy. I'm just burnt out. So I definitely say journaling is a very good thing to do. It's almost like talking to a friend or talking to yourself. Um, Nobody understands you better than yourself. So speak to yourself, work through things. After all, you are many different versions of yourself. So please don't forget, you are many different versions of yourself, all in one evolved spiritual being. We should all just embrace that. So with that being said, some people have a hard time with journaling because I've mentioned it to so many people I'm like you should just journal like journaling I love it I love doing it and they're like I can't like I don't know how to sit with my thoughts and like organize them or I think way too much I'm not fast enough to write all my thoughts down and that's when I would say do a video journal nobody ever has to see it like I've done them a few times when I know like my thoughts are moving at a rapid speed I'm not going to be able to get everything that I want into my journal at that time like I'll forget something or it'll be too much or even if like I'm so upset, like I've I've had one where I was like pouring tears, like just crying, crying, crying. And I was just like, I'm not going to be able to write like this. I don't want my tears dripping on the page. So I recorded a video and I just let myself let it all out. Like I, I did it like I was processing with a best friend sitting in front of me and pretty much just giving me a hug. That's That's what I used it for. I actually liked it. I don't do that often, like all the time. I actually write more than I do... Uh, the video entry just because I like the quietness and the peace that comes with writing for me. Um, I like to play music and stuff, so I kind of do a little meditating routine when I'm journaling. Um, But yeah, so I definitely do think journaling can help. Um, I also would recommend doing like journal prompts. There are journal prompts for, of course, shadow work, which is like rehashing your trauma, trying to figure that out. So that can definitely help with understanding yourself and understanding your triggers and how to better manage them and also manage your emotions when you are in a triggered state. Um, And there are also journal prompts that aren't mainly for shadow work. They could just be for like, I guess like regular everyday life, like, oh, what did you enjoy today? Like, what was something that you learned today or something like that? Just to kind of get your brain on the ball, like working through it. Um, Just give you a little bit of spark of inspiration, pretty much. The last one I wanted to talk to you guys about is movement. I did not actually, I didn't realize how important movement was, guys. I don't even know until when. Like, I just didn't realize. And I'm smiling right now. I hope you can hear my smile through how I'm talking. Because I really did not see how important movement could be when it comes to our emotions. And now that I do, it's just like my mind is blown because, oh, my goodness. And I've seen like people in my life do it. Like I have a I have a friend that's like really into yoga and she's like, yeah, like you should try it. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if I really like downward dog and and the baby pose. Like, I don't know if I'm really a yoga type of the tree pose. I, I don't have good balance on my left foot. It's only the right one that I can like really hold up. 
so I don't I always was like yoga's not really it wasn't really my kick growing up because I've done it in like when I went to summer camp they had us do yoga at one point um in school yoga class so yeah I've I've had my fair share of yoga but actually I think movement is like really beneficial especially when you're in a triggered state because of course walking away walking away feels great as soon as you start moving those feet away from wherever you're you've been triggered it feels amazing you feel like holy grail another thing that i can put on for that list is exercise you can do any form of exercise you can go for a jog you can go for a run go for a walk if you want i used to love walking outside not under the hot hot sun i got asthma i don't got time for that be passing out on the side of the road y'all i'm just kidding let me stop playing i do have asthma though i'm not i'm not joking so that is yeah um another thing would be like water aerobics i've never personally tried that but i have heard that a lot of people like that and it's actually pretty fun and if you like swimming like i love swimming i maybe i should give it a try but then again, like, not to stereotype, but, like, I'm a black woman, and y'all know how we are about our hair. Like, if my hair is done, I'm not trying to hop in a pool, and I'm not putting a swim cap on, because I feel like the swim cap really doesn't do the job. I've been there, done that. No, thank you. <laughs> it was an orange swim cap. No, thank you. I'm good. Another one that I've definitely heard the girlies talking about is cycling classes. So many girlies in the city, even podcast girlies, I've heard so many of them talking about, like, on their podcast how they... You know, the ones that have, like, the early morning routines and stuff, like, they're waking up at 5 a.m. or they're waking up at, like, 6. And they're like, yeah, I woke up at 6. I had my morning coffee. I went on my morning jog. And then I headed over to the gym. And then after gym, I had a 30-minute cycling class. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, girl, you're living the morning bird life. But I'm a night owl, so. <laughs> but, yeah, I was just like, wow, cycling, hmm. You know, you're burning calories, maybe getting a little booty a little bit plumper. I might have to go check out a class or two. And then the last one I put is dancing. Because TikTok has definitely brought more attention to how dancing can really promote healing. Not only that, but just it releases those chemicals in your brain like dopamine that make you feel good. It makes you feel, it's just like, it makes you feel better. The quality of life overall just seems so much better because you're in this state of like peace and almost like a euphoric feeling like you're just happy so dancing throw on your favorite song i used to watch gray's anatomy and if you watch gray's meredith gray and her bestie christina yang used to throw on their their music and dance like maniacs and wherever they wanted it didn't office bedroom living room it didn't matter. They threw on their jams and they just danced like no one was watching. And sometimes that's what you have to do. I'm not even going to lie. I do that sometimes. Even if I'm not in a bad mood, like if I'm cleaning, I will blast the music and dance through my room, picking stuff up and moving stuff like there's nobody here. Honestly, like that that's what I do. If you're ever wondering what I'm doing, that's probably sometimes what I'm doing. Even if I'm not cleaning, putting on music and just dancing around my room, come on. I know... I know. Come on, y'all. Let's not play. I know y'all be throwing on that music and practicing twerking and whining in that mirror and dancing like you're at the club. So let's be for real. If you can do that, you can throw on some music and get yourself moving. So, guys, that is pretty much everything to sum up our daily talk this week.
I hope you guys enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed talking and checking in with you guys and just kind of giving you my take on, you know, being triggered, pet peeves, and how to manage being triggered and how to, how to, of course, allow others to know when you've been triggered and to help them just prevent triggering you altogether. So with that all being said, you guys know what lovely time it is. It's time for our daily check-in. All right, I'm putting my feet on the floor because I'm sitting down. So I'm putting my feet on the floor, my hands in my lap, getting comfortable. And now I'm going to take my deep breath, take it in, let it out. Another one, take it in, let it out. One more, let it out. I love you. I love you. I love you. I hope you have had a wonderful week and you have a wonderful weekend. I can't wait to hear from you guys and keep interacting and keep connecting. I hope this finds you well and I hope all of your manifestations are coming true with this Lionsgate portal that we just had and this new moon in Leo. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm sending you all the hugs and virtual kisses. Have a good weekend, guys. Until our next daily talk. Bye.